Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of Contention. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, MVP talk in February. Also, money, contenders in the East and West, and the old star-spangled banner. In this corner, A Area legend, author of two best-selling books about the Warriors, Marcus Thompson. Marcus, happy Black History Month. I hope it's going well. I'm curious, what were your thoughts on the halftime show during the Super Bowl? Uh, I did not watch it. I watched all of the memes about metaphors for people being lost, and I was reminded why I didn't watch it. So it was a very happy halftime show. You know what I did? I ate I went and made myself some food and skipped the weekend because it was uh, not worth not eating. Yeah. I picked up wings during halftime. So, yeah, I, I, I also You're with me. You're with me. There it. we go. Yeah. yeah. I also missed it. Um, Good job picking up wings, corner, by the way. No better way to celebrate Black History Month than with chicken. I just waited to see how it's oh, going to respond. Oh, that was a bait. That was a bait. You didn't take it. Yeah, this, this is why you're my guy. You're my- <laughs> You're my brother, Marcus. All right, and in this corner, the author of The Victory Machine, now in paperback, the Bay Area suburban legend, Ethan Strauss. Ethan, I wanted you to assess the performance of one Thomas Brady. Is he the greatest athlete of all time? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic answer. What a great, what a great answer. The answer's no. The answer's what? no. He's not the greatest athlete of all time. He may have the best resume of all time or the best resume in football history, but no, he's not. You know why? Because everyone else can run faster and jump higher than him. That's athleticism. Mm. Crushing he's my Bill Russell. He's crushing my Steph Curry for MVP uh, campaign in case right now, just off the bat. I mean, look. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's whatever it is. Good job, Tom Brady. Good career. Don't care. Sure. Hate all these conversations. Yeah. They're impossible to reconcile. Right. You're comparing people who are individual athletes in individual sports to players in team sports across generations. Right. Ah, we do too much of it. That's all I'm saying. The dude is a winner, man. He's Bill Russell yeah. football. That's that's good enough for me. Bill Russell football. Uh, third best quarterback of all time. Wow. Uh, all right. I'm Zach Harper, your host of POC. Jade Hoy producing. Let's start the clock. Jade, MVP, MVP, MVP. Whoa, boy. Mm. The words of one J.E. Skis. Do we have a race for the MVP this year? So much talent. So much value. And let's start in the Bay with one Stephen Curry, or as Marcus might call him, Wardell. Mm. Uh, who's playing lights out basketball right now? People are starting to wonder, can this team maybe make a little noise in the playoffs? Can they be a noisy playoff team? And if they do it, will it be done by Curry? Because let's face it, guys basically playing one on four most nights. Uh, we also have LeBron. We've got Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, maybe Luka, definitely Nikola Jokic, maybe Kevin Durant. 
Marcus, right now, who would you select as the MVP frontrunner? And once again, I'll remind you, we're having this discussion in February. This is a tough one. I think I'd go with Joel Embiid right now mm. just because mm. I'd go against the grain. I never expected Philly to be at the top. But you know what? I have too great of a memory of the 2016-17 season and the sudden shift everyone made from team accomplishments to individual uh, excellence. And I don't know why it happened, but it happened. And suddenly, being at the top of the league didn't matter anymore. Being at number two or number three wasn't part of the equation. It just became, are you singularly great with poverty around you? And I'm going to stick with that definition now that it's Steph Curry's turn. Steph is the MVP because he's playing with Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, who's actually pretty good. I mean, and <laughs> oh, you know, last that. time we, we yeah, talked about right, Kelly Oubre, right. Marcus, he dropped 40. He did. Right? He did. So, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if you're trying to get him. Maybe you got him on DraftKings or something tonight. I don't know what you did. Uh, hey, let's get that Kelly Oubre bump is big. Uh, yeah. He's playing, he's averaging the same, he's putting up the same numbers he did during his unanimous MVP year. Without Clay Thompson, without Pete Draymond, without uh, the excellence of Luke Walton coaching fifty games, without <laughs> without Harrison Barnes, like without <laughs> a bench mob that was actually good, like he's doing this in a way that nobody expected. And I believe Ethan is right. I know he's going to say that narratives are important, and there isn't a bigger narrative than this. Steph Curry is well, better than he's ever been. Well, Ethan, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Marcus, because Ethan, how much will narrative play into this year's MVP race? Uh, it, hugely. We get bored. We want to go with a fresh story. We're not going to give it to Giannis. Giannis could have an amazing season. We will not give it to Giannis because we did twice and he didn't do so well in the postseason. So we're looking for that fresh story. Now, Embiid, interesting story. The center is back in the NBA. It is no longer complete small ball, big men or dinosaurs. And he, I think. The center never went away. I have so many problems with that. Hey, the center hey, never went away. Hey, it's narrative time. It's it's all narrative. Don't call me baby. Hey, what is that? Narrative. Why, why is this is a Hollywood producer a right car now. salesman all of a sudden. <laughs> white people fight. Let's go. Happy, happy Black History Month. Have at it. <laughs> This is great. This is great. He left. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Look, 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 look. look. Oh, you guys got All right, I got you. (laughs) What is happening right now? I don't know. I don't know what it's getting. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. I got one too, baby. (laughs) That's no cigar. It's legal here. I can have this out. It's not lit. Okay. Okay. I'm going to watch a show like this, baby. Look, 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 look. Uh, We're talking talking about storylines right here, Zach. (laughs) That was the story before. Big men, irrelevant. Don't take them in the draft. They don't matter as much as perimeter players. And now you're seeing with Embiid and Jokic and other bigs that they do have an impact. And I think Embiid is all part of that. Did you know that it has been over 20 years since a center won MVP? That incredible Shaq season. Wow. That's the last time. Now, you had some bigs who are listed as power forwards who got in there, but it's been a long time. Long time. So Embiid is interesting from a narrative perspective there. But 
the fact that it's taken so long for a big man to win is also why I think the Steph Curry campaign is underrated at last glance, plus 1100 for Steph to win that particular award. I'm saying great value. I'm not saying it's probable. I'm saying LeBron is in the driver's seat right now. But when you look at that whole list of guys between LeBron and Steph for those odds, I think Steph should be right on up there uh, after LeBron in some order, just because this is an interesting story. If the Warriors get to the mid table of the playoffs with basically no offensive talent around Steph playing with Kelly Oubre, even if he is playing better. Um, that's a tremendous accomplishment. And even if he doesn't win it, damn it, he might just deserve it. LeBron's won an MVP, though. Uh, he's the probable guy. Yeah, well, wouldn't if the league really wanted to have like LeBron go on a tear, Marcus? I want that. Wouldn't it yes. be? Yes. Wouldn't it be to give Steph the MVP oh, once yeah. again? And then, and then yeah. right, right before oh, out the playoffs. Yeah, right before Warriors Lakers playoffs for a little bit of uh Hakeem oh, David man. Robinson magic right there. Oh my god. Absolutely. That's You're, the move. That's dead on right there. I would love that you you wanna you you wanna see LeBron look like he's twenty five again? Give Steph the MVP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that my God. He'll come there in, in throwback jerseys. Like, everything will be 25 for him. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm curious. All right. So, you guys are saying Steph uh, is uh, is a prime candidate, right? And I do agree with Ethan, in which you can watch on the restricted area on Thursday, today, as Waz and I hit the MVP betting odds. And Steph Curry is heavily involved in that, obviously, at plus 1,100, as Ethan mentioned. But I'm curious if um, – so if you are having te- guys on middling teams and we had complaints about Russell Westbrook winning in 2017, even though that, that, that team wasn't very good or at least wasn't special by any means, then – would Nikola Jokic have the edge over Steph Curry? I mean, small market center and the team not doing well enough. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. And also just not not the name. brand. Again, narrative here. Narrative, baby. Not the name brand that Steph Curry is. This is about names. This is about fame in the MVP wow. chase. It's not about deserve necessarily. So, yeah, he it's could never do it. about deserved. No, no. He, wow. Yeah. <laughs> never. He, never. He, never. I mean, LeBron would have 10. Yeah. It was, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he, that's true. He could do it, but I think they, they have to be a two seed at least to make it happen for Nikola. I think, it, I think Jokic is so interesting because, like, if you just talk about dudes who are playing, like, is he not two? Is he? He's definitely top three, like just to what he's producing. But it is a narrative case, and the fact is, people just aren't that excited about Denver. Like that's not a team that people. Are well, and also ex- they're maybe below expectations. Right? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are underachieving. But he's incredible. He's playing. Yeah, he's been like, ridiculous. He lifted his game in the way Murray hasn't. Right, like we we thought we saw. A, a ceiling and he was like yo yeah. that was just a, that was just the floor that was that bubble so, goggles what he's been doing is crazy uh <laughs> but i goggles, do think yeah. i do think you're right i mean it's so based on that and then like we're voting it's us voting right it's it's us like who watch five games on league pass and know everything right that's that's what we're doing here we're gonna watch steph make crazy threes and people are gonna go crazy and we're gonna watch lebron do crazy things at like 72 years old and that's that's what we care about. That's what matters, and that's what's going to decide it. Nobody cares that Jokic is really—he's got to be shooting eighty percent in clutch minutes. It's insane. The dude never misses at the end of the games. It doesn't matter the lit threes, twenty footers. It doesn't matter. The dude does not miss in clutch moments, and you know in that last five minutes. But it doesn't matter because we're not watching that. 
That's probably LeBron is probably where the smart money is. And speaking of money, take two. Money, money, money. Hold on. Hold on. What? What's that sound? Jade. Is that win? It is indeed. Did I do that right? We'll go with it. That's also the sound of $30 million of ad revenue sailing out the door. Roughly the amount TNT makes on its all-star coverage. Even before last Friday's debacle of a Nets game in which Kevin Durant had to be removed for contact tracing after he was delayed to play and then allowed to play 19 minutes, players started to question the all-star game being held in the middle of a pandemic or a panoramic or whatever you want to call it. LeBron called it a slap in the face. De'Aaron Fox called it stupid. Giannis said zero energy, zero excitement regarding the game. To be fair, Giannis, all-star game usually doesn't have a whole lot of energy in it. And so, uh, well, I guess last year's fourth quarter worked. Mm. But both teams are losing. uh, All teams are losing bread right now. It looks as if the league and its partners are moving forward, insisting they will handle it properly. Maybe we'll get a mini bubble. Uh, So, Ethan, let me ask you. Does the league care about the players' health when it comes to the All-Star weekend? Uh, to a degree, uh, that can be outweighed by money. But yeah, all things being equal, they would want the players to be safe and sound and healthy. But we're talking about billions of dollars here, which is what the Turner contract is. I think that Turner is paying the NBA, I, I believe, through the end of the contract around $7 billion. I haven't looked it up in a while, but about $7 billion. and. I don't think that Turner would necessarily break the contract if the NBA was in breach and didn't play the All-Star game, which is their showpiece game in the way that for ABC, Disney, the Christmas slate is their showpiece. I don't think Turner would necessarily break the entire contract, but they could. I believe they could. If the All-Star game's not played, then Turner, I believe, has the right to go, this contract is void and we need to get back to the table and talk about some things. I don't think they'd do it, but I think the NBA is more so just trying to keep its customers happy. It reminds me, I wrote about it once, how the NBA wanted to introduce cameras into the locker room and it was very controversial and the coaches didn't want to do it. And at the annual coaches meeting in Chicago, Scott Skiles at that time, because this was around the early 2000s and he had just started coaching, uh, and David Stern had just given a talk and Skiles said, hey, David, all due respect. Yeah, that's how you know it's going to be good when there's all due respect before it. All, 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 all due respect. Uh, the locker room is kind of my uh, sacred space uh, to which David Stern responded. Oh, yeah, you know, a sacred space, sacred space. Well, you know, on, on the one hand, we've got billions of dollars from our broadcast partners. And on the other hand, we've got Scott fucking Skiles. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear another fucking word out of you. Sit the fuck down. So that's that's how the people on Fifth Avenue think about their money uh, as an indication and uh, the importance of the major broadcast networks in getting them that money. And that informs this decision. So, Zach, was that a spot on Stern or does it need work? I don't know that I can say I'm I'm of Catholic descent. I don't know that I can say. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm in all. I'm just avoiding all kinds of landmines in this episode. It's a paraphrasing. Smart. It's an interpretation. That was but, a reenactment of what happened in that room at the annual coaches meeting in Chicago. You're ready for the ID channel, buddy. For those reenactments on you know, <laughs> the husband who got killed. Uh, Marcus, what do we think is going to happen with this All Star Weekend? We know what's going to happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're gonna play. They're gonna play. The cashes will right, the, yeah. the checks will be cashed. <laughs> yeah. Here's the here's the irony of this, right? I mean, I'm I'm with you players. I got it. It's a it's a huge inconvenience. You thought you were gonna get this time off. I got it. Like as a family man, I understand that might be problematic. But okay, y'all did the same thing. Y'all went for the bread too. Now you're like, hold on. Do you care about us or the money? You're play. You're literally playing a season for the exact same reason. You literally went to the bubble for the exact same reason. Now you, now you feeling burnt because it's all about the money. Oh no, the league cares about money over me. Like, <laughs> shut up. This is exactly what you did. You can't now turn around and be like the poor sympathetic employers. Like the CBA, the players' union already agreed to the deal. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Like, you wanted the money. I don't understand this. It seems like there was a miscommunication where they said there wasn't going to be an all-star game in Indianapolis. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a miscommunication. They were all on board for the money. And then they (laughs) took to social media and was like, this is crazy. Like, this is unfair. Like, no, they wanted the money. You can't take the money sometimes. I I think they have a responsibility. I think putting it now to make this as glut. put it in Atlanta. (laughs) I, I Atlanta's a terrible decision, Ethan. Like Atlanta, no, Atlanta is an is open awful, city, awful place. Uh, to like <laughs> you just had courtside Karen do the thing. Like you can't put it there. It does Plus, Atlanta feel- has never been closed. It's not like oh Atlanta's opened it back up. Like Atlanta no, never it, shut down. It, it Atlanta's does, like a club. It, it does feel like Atlanta is becoming the the Vegas of the South. That it's very what happens here stays here. Uh, make whatever decisions yeah. you want, but uh, at the same. It's just I think they have a responsibility now to make the All-Star game as glum and pouty as possible because now that they've already told us they don't want to do it. Just go all the way in. I, I want to see just people throwing the ball into the stands, shuffling around, just make it an absolute catastrophe. If this is the energy that you're bringing into the situation, I want to see a slam dunk contest with layups if you're really going to make it like this. Probably not, though. Shout out to Daryl Armstrong. What I don't understand is why would they say at all that there would be no All-Star game? Why did they even say that from the beginning? Like, that's I, the part I don't get. It's did CNT, was re- were they really okay with that ever? So, no. Or, or was this really no. like, why did they was- really get backdoored on this one? Like, when they create the whole point of the season was to make sure you don't lose all this money. So, why would they ever say, but we're going to kill the All-Star game? Yeah. Like, that... To me, that something. Well, what are they looking at? Like, it's weird because, like, are they looking for sympathy from fans? Fans don't care. They don't care. Nobody cares. Everybody's got problems. I mean, a frustration might be warranted, and everybody has problems at their own jobs. But the the communication to everybody else and watching, it's just I don't know. I even people who are normally are very pro player. I don't really see jumping up and and breaking out the violin for because the it's easy. Don't play. Don't yeah. play. Eat the, you see what uh, De'Aaron Fox said? Like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Are you playing? Heck yeah, yeah. we getting fined. <laughs> like, you just literally you just literally criticized the league for taking the exact same stance you did. I'm not losing my money. Yeah. Like, so don't play if you feel that strongly. Yeah, it's very simple. You know, take a fine if you don't want to do it. If you think it's unsafe, then that's the that hey that's that's the price that's paid it makes total sense but in order to get the money you've got to show up for the marquee events and as i try to stress again and again tv runs the nba that's how they make the schedule they start with the christmas games and they build everything around it and they put the other premier games 
uh, into motion. The entire schedule is based around TV. The TV money is immense. It's over $2 billion a year combined with Turner and ESPN Disney. Um, that is the main revenue source for this sport. And that's why ultimately you've got to show up when they want you to show up. It's how it is. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. A lot of that money resides in the Western Conference. Speaking of the Western mm. Conference, take three, one trade away. Taking a look at the Western Conference, fellas. Right now, these are the standings one through eight. Jazz one, Lakers two, Clippers three, Suns four, Blazers five, Spurs six, Nuggets seven, Warriors eight. Plus, then we got a bunch of playing options there. They say that the playoff structure becomes pretty clear one third of the way through the season. Although with the playing tournament, I'm not quite sure. Mm. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this list. What team may be outperforming your expectations and which have not and which teams are a tra- trade away from being formidable? Marcus, is it the Warriors that you got your eye on or somebody else? No, I thought the Warriors are where we thought they would be, right? They, yeah. I mean, what are they currently? Like uh, eight seed? I figured they'd be somewhere yeah. between six and the play-in game, right? Like if it goes incredibly well, maybe they're five. If like magic happens and planets align, they get a four seed, right? Like, so they're right. they're right where we thought they were. I, I do think, um, I think Dallas is the most disappointing team, right? Yep. I, I do feel like that's a team that I expected to be up there. To be honest, I expected probably mistakenly the Suns to do what the Jazz have done, right? I, I just I was super high on the Suns. I was like, Suns is about to take over this whole league. And they're good. They're not bad. 14-9 isn't terrible. But the Jazz have, like, basically hit the – you know, they've stepped on the gas. And they look like a team we've never seen before. Uh, so I'm, Jazz I'm going, look maybe a little 2014-2015 Warriors-esque. crazy. Uh-huh. Jazz look crazy. So, I de- Jazz, Phoenix. Phoenix took the jump. We thought uh, Utah has been out of this world. And, man, Dallas is disappointing. I'm going to stop short to call Denver disappointing. I do feel like – they played late to the bubble. We knew those teams would need some time. And they're about, like, I'm not surprised that they started with the struggle. I do think they have a turn up in them. And if they do, they'll be right in the mix. Hmm. Yeah. 
you're right about Dallas being the most disappointing. Um, Suns are pretty much where I thought they would be. I got to say, credit to the Jazz, it does feel a little bit like sprinting the marathon or they've jumped out way ahead and it just doesn't feel sustainable. On the other hand, maybe this no fan situation changes the dynamics and some of your role players can shoot on the road in a way they would not have otherwise. Once you take 20,000 fans out of the arena, there's a little less pressure, a little bit more like an open gym, free and easy. Maybe that has as much to do with the insane run of three-pointers for the Utah Jazz as does Mike Conley figuring out how to play with a rim running center as opposed to playing with Marcus Gasol back in the day. So maybe it is sustainable. As far as one trade away, I mean, it is so hard to get to that Laker tier. The Lakers seem far out ahead as far as a contender is Lakers concerned. still playing games. They ain't even. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even play for real yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's that's a tough one to get into that strata, and I think the Clippers might be there. The big question is whether you know at what point are the Jazz playing well enough that we actually consider them to be on par or to have a crack at those two. And I gotta say, I've been burned too many times in the postseason on these regular season teams to really ever make that call. I feel like they could win 60 games in this abbreviated season and I'd still be saying Lakers. So uh, maybe that's just what it's going to be. We're not going to consider the Jazz as legitimate uh, until the day they actually eliminate the Lakers in the playoffs. You know, Zach, Zach, you know who's one trade away? Not from like winning the league, but being in the mix for real? Sacramento, baby. Wow. Sacramento won. Trade for LeBron? <laughs> no, come on. Don't do that. Hey, they won seven no, of we, ten. No, yeah, no. we do this too many times since 2006. I'm not, I'm, 2006 I'm not letting you do this. No, this is no, different. No, I'm not letting, I'm not you, do letting this. you do this. I'm not letting you do this, Marcus. Since 2006. Are you watching Harrison Kings Barnes? Are, are you watching Harrison Barnes? Are you nobody's watching? watching Harrison Barnes for one? This isn't Iowa where he's from, right? But two. This is the Kings do this. They get people excited over the last few years. And then in the second half of the season, one trade they away, just baby. piss away. They, they, That's they, all they, they, they do. No so until the Kings one don't. One trade away, yeah, I, I got to say, I could see them getting into. That is the trade I, for LeBron. I, <laughs> I, I feel that's pretty no, funny. They have to they have to earn it. They have to show us. No, it's the same thing as Denver last year. Denver last year, and I guess Utah this year, but Denver last year, Ethan, everyone was like, hey, you know, Denver's not getting their respect. And then you have to beat the Clippers. And then they beat the Clippers and they got the respect. If the Kings can even make the play-in tournament, <laughs> then we can start having this conversation. But until then, no, they're the fucking Kings. We don't do this. Should the Blazers trade McCollum? Just, just make that trade? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. To, the, to the Kings. And then they're the five seed. This is what I'm telling you. This is what I'm telling for you. What? <laughs> for what? How many guards do you have? Bagley. There you go. McCollum Bagley. Nobody oh, God. To. That's like Neil O'Shea just not carried anymore. That's him shorting his own. He gave up on life, right? He just gave up. He just. He the old shape becomes a go. dude from Office Space. Like <laughs> I just thought it stopped showing up. Like I don't really like paying bills. I'm not going to do that anymore. What are we doing here? I mean, Come but, on, but man. that's that. No. You know, that might be a little risky to disrupt the chemistry the Blazers have had. But I'm just thinking, what's the big move they could potentially make? Uh, and maybe the Suns too. Could the Suns potentially be a trade away? I, I, that's where you look at. Is that like, one I like? Yeah, that one I like. Yeah, yeah the the mid table is where it's at. Um, I don't think the Spurs. God, betting against the Spurs seems so stupid, but. I don't like that roster too much. I, I just yeah, don't, I don't know. think they're very good. I like that team. You like I them. Like them. You like when them. they don't have Aldridge on the floor. Yes, on the floor. That's a that's a very important. When they don't have Aldridge though. on the floor, they're really good. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. 
Um, it's a very important piece. Do we think Dallas is <laughs> is, it, Dal- is Dallas going to get it together? I mean, that's that's their defense is Ugh. awful. Oh my, dude! Steph Curry would yeah, average I mean, and they fifty can't hit threes if he played they, them all the time. Yeah, they're a bad shooting team out of, out of nowhere. Who would have thought um, does, losing Seth Curry would destroy the Mavericks? <laughs> hey man, don't and, get and rid of the Curry's. Yeah. Um, doesn't it feel like Marvin Bagley is destined to be a wizard? <laughs> it does. <laughs> doesn't that just feel like a Washington Wizards big man? <laughs> just the, the name. You're, you're saying you're saying he's part of the, the legacy of Andre Blatch. You're doesn't he sound that, feel, that, it just that lineage. feels like that? As a name, though, it's he sounds like a '70s baseball player to me when you said his name like that, Marvin Bagley. Oh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's he's definitely just a, a shortstop who would occasionally pitch, and we call him Bags. Just that's what that's what Marvin Bagley is. We call him Bags. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bagley, if he gets straight to the Wizards, will be in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, take four. Eastern Conference contenders and pretenders. Looking at the East now, one through eight. One Sixers, two Bucks, three Nets, four Celtics, five Pacers, six Hornets, seven Hawks, eight Raptors. I can see the Nets and the Sixers making a run at the finals. Maybe the Celtics, maybe the Bucks. But, Ethan, who are the contenders in the East? The true contenders. True contenders. Dude, do we put the Nets in there? I mean, with all their talent, they got too decadent, man. It got too decadent. I I liked them a, a little bit before a little bit before the trade and the injuries. I think it's a crazy thing because on opening night, it looked like the Brooklyn Nets were the best team in basketball and at least at the highest talent level. Now, man, that defense is too iffy. I don't know. God, the East is a mess. I kind of like the Celtics as a true contender to get to the finals. I like the Sixers as a possibility. I like the Bucks as a possibility. I don't know about those Nets, man. I think they might be out of that particular bubble, uh, but we'll see. Talent is talent. I mean, if Kyrie gets over his you know, oppression that the Nets have gone through with all their disadvantage and all their struggle, I think eventually – the Nets figure it out. I mean, they're too good, and we've seen this happen. Like, we've seen the super team get together and take a while, right? So I don't think this is abnormal. But in a playoff setting, I still don't see how you guard this team. Like, in, in a, when you got three dudes, that's just going to be tough, man. A- I, I Marcus, they're averaging like 87 points. <laughs> it's un- I don't three. know. I don't know how you wow. – I feel like they'll be better defensively if the matchups are the same, right? If you I've, get the opportunity I, I, to stay in the same matchup. I've, I, I've said this before, tough. but I've I've seen on League Pass, it really, this is a real thing. The opposing announcers are trying to troll them into Discord. I swear this is happening. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, they're saying like, No, this is 100% doing, happening. Like, ah, Kyrie hasn't gotten the ball in a while, huh? That's a, It's been a few possessions. <laughs> like, they're like, saying they, stuff yeah, like they, that. They, they they like this like they think the players can hear them right yeah. hey Kyrie well they're relying while. on they're relying on the family while. members that's what it, that's is they're playing the long game they're hoping that the dad the mom the wife it, it, that somebody's watching that they can just poke they can just poke like oh man it's just kind of yeah no James Harden for a few for a few plays here I'm hearing them say this regularly the opposing teams on League Pass when the Nets are playing. And I'm thinking, well, well, job well done, League. You're coming together to try to undermine the super team in the subtle ways that you can to try to bring everything into balance. Uh, it's a it's a well executed plan. You know, the, in the same way, we're like, is Brooklyn really like an elite team? 
I'm wondering, is Toronto really a bad team? Mm. That feels no, like a Tor- team that's going to scare. Right yeah, I feel like Toronto is one of them teams that you they're they're almost playing this perfectly, so you can just forget about them. They struggled, but I don't know if you count out a team that has has all their experience. I think in the end, when it's all said and done, they're going to be in that top hey. four mix. Maybe not in the regular season, but when the final when the East gets to the final four. Toronto is a team that would scare me if what, I'm what, in the East. Hey, what's up with the Celtics? Because I, I rubber stamp them as a contender because of the amazing growing wing talent they have, but yet not great so far. And I haven't watched too much of them. So Marcus what's, what's Smart. Going well, I mean, Marcus Smart's yeah. hurt. Yeah, Kemba hurts. missed most of the season. This matters. Tristan Thompson's been terrible. Yeah. Like Tristan Thompson's been awful. It's just been and Tatum missed a handful of games, but it's just been like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are amazing. Yeah, Jalen Brown has and been everyone incredible. else just kind of find their way. So Jaylen they just Brown's he's been the best it's player. It's unbelievable they, how good he's got. They, yeah. they just need the supporting cast to come back into the fold, and they should be they should be good. So yeah, it's uh yeah when you put it like that in theory. Yeah, in theory, get it together, Brad. Come yeah. on, this is come wide on, open for you now, Brad. Mm, wide open for you, Brad. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the hot seat. Who's in bigger trouble, Steve Kerr or Brad Stevens? Ooh. I mean, in real life, neither are in trouble at all. On Twitter, at all right? That's on the, Twitter, uh, it's massive Steve, trouble. Oh, on Twitter, it's Steve Kerr. <laughs> it's Kerr. Kerr's in massive trouble on Twitter. Yeah, like literally. Is it possible? Is it possible we will find out whether or not Twitter has real power in firing a coach? Oh my god! I mean, I I feel like they're not even doing it. I feel like it's an act. Is the funniest part? I feel like Andy Liu is doing it as an Andy Kaufman routine, and yet he is so charismatic that he is winning converts over and convincing people of what I don't know that the Warriors should have been a two seed without Clay Thompson and uh, nobody <laughs> else who can shoot. I don't know. I mean, he, we're we're about a month away from Andy Liu saying that the Warriors have have been detrimental to Steph Curry by not cloning him and putting him yeah, on the Warriors. They're putting the clone on the Warriors. It is. In- like, you've got the technology. Do it. And I got to say, this Steve is Silicon seems- Valley. What are we doing? Like- Steve, Steve- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got to say, Steve seems a little defensive sometimes in these press conferences where he's saying, I know how to, I know what my team needs. Steve's got to chill, though. Steve's got to chill. He's the yeah. most secure dude in the world. Like, Steve don't care about nothing. Like, he's like, I'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> But these fans start to get to him. Like gotta, I think it's Andy Lou. I think Andy Lou is such an amazing troll, and he's being backed up by Sam Esfendiari. And they're just—I really, do, been, yeah. I do think they have a little bit of a power in the Italian conversation. Well, it was a running joke that we once had where we would say his name <laughs> oh, as Italian, bad. even though he was Persian. Esfendiari. Esfendiari. You know, it's uh, it's it. Yeah, yeah it's just ridiculous. Um. Not that there's nothing to criticize about Steve or the team, but I think if you just look at the broader view of it, it's not like the Warriors are it's, it's out of line with it's expectations. They're exactly the championships. Like, they might off. even be above expectations considering <laughs> some of the surrounding yeah, talent. No so, yeah. I mean, they were picked um, 11. When you Come say on. looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Right. When you say, it's Fendiari, it's like music to my ears. Speaking of music, take five. Oh, look at that segue. Marcus, this is not my joke, but I'll still ask it to you. What do you get when you cross Captain America with the Incredible Hulk? You give up? I give up. The Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> I didn't write it. I did not write it. Jade is the only one laughing. Jade <laughs> Zach is going to take that like, Jade, like the Joaquin Jade is, Phoenix Jade Joker. Is red face right now. <laughs> I thought that the whole what do you get? I thought it was. I will, <laughs> I'm thinking green, red, not, white, blue. I will blue, not. Yeah. I will not. I was going to say. I was going to say Jade. capitalism. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's also an accurate yeah. answer. All right. According to Tim Cato of the Athletic, the Dallas Mavericks will stop playing the national anthem before home games this season and do not plan to play it moving forward. A decision made by Mark Cuban. Playing in the national anthem goes all the way back to 1862 and is often seen as a propaganda stunt by some, revolving around America's war efforts. First documented time that it played at an American sporting event came out at a baseball game in 1862 during the Civil War, which they were playing baseball during the Civil War. That's my real question there. <laughs> incredible. Tradition of it playing it at sporting events got a boost in the 1918 World Series, which wasn't that cut out because of cheating. That's a weird time. During World War One, and the tradition of playing it before games was popularized during World War Two. Um, also, remember when Fergie sang the national anthem? <laughs> Let's listen to that. All right. The league came out today and said, uh, no, teams are going to play the Star Spangled Banner. We're playing the national anthem because that's what we do in this league, especially as we allow people back into the arenas. Um, All right, guys, (laughs) does this have to happen? The entire thing. Ethan, I'll start with you. Ethan, I'll lob that grenade to you. You play hot potato. Okay. uh, I need more details about whatever the hell is going on here because – Cuban presents it as one thing, but I would like to know, okay, did players come to you? Was there a team meeting? Which players? Was it the majority of them? It seems like you kind of just did this unilaterally and you didn't really discuss it with the league. And I don't know if this is not to be a cynic. I'm looking at a very look at me, look at me, look at me, attention getting owner at the center of a controversy. And I'm wondering, is it really coming from other people who want this or is it coming from him? These are details that might come out in due time, but they definitely inform uh, by my reaction to whatever is happening here. And uh, I, do, I do think there is a there is a bit of a chasm. There are many chasms on this issue, but one is between media and everybody else because we as the media are sick of the national anthem. And it's got nothing to do or it's got something maybe to do with the country, but it's like we hear it more than anybody. And if we're totally honest, it's not a great song. It's not the most mellifluous song to say nothing of don't, how people to say nothing of how people feel about it versus a lot of fans, I think, might like that's just part of the tradition. It's part of what they're used to. It's the thing you do. And I think there's maybe not as much of an opinion on it out there in the negative direction. So that's one particular chasm. And, you know, there are others, obviously. I guess my question would be. If it was that important to the sporting event, why isn't it played on the TV broadcast? 
Um, I mean, it's it is during the finals when it, we're really American. Yeah, it's during. Oh, that's right. We're, they yeah, play but both. We're only American during the playoffs, they, the, it, the, the deep playoffs. Yeah, they, games, they right? give you that Canadian anthem when it's the Raptors and the American sure. national well, anthem. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that it's. <laughs> America and Canada. Um, wow. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks it's like the most essential thing in the world, but people have an attachment to traditions for tradition's sake. They anchor you to the past and what, you know, like a basketball game was, you know, for your dad or your dad's dad or whatever. So there's an affinity for that and that makes sense. And I just think the conversation gets very binary on Twitter where it's the only people who would have an issue with the NBA doing this are like crazy Trump voters. But I think if you went off Twitter and you asked people, like there'd be a lot of people not like that who are saying, dude, why are you taking the national anthem out? I'm, I'm used to the national anthem. And bottom line is, I don't think the NBA wants to find out. I don't think they want the risk, especially if it's done slapdash. No, they definitely don't. Especially if it's done slapdash and out of nowhere, and it's just something Cuban did unilaterally. I don't think they want to just ride with that. If they're if they're getting rid of it, I think it's going to be under a more considered process than this one. I don't expect the league that's been about that money to now wade in deep into a conversation about true patriotism. Before the I don't think anybody right. is really trying to have that conversation. The whole conversation is empty. Play the anthem, don't play the anthem, it doesn't matter, right? Like there there are far greater determinations of patriotism. So it's it's ridiculous that we get into these conversations like it actually means anything and it doesn't and the league knows this so of course they're going to be like why would we piss off half of our fan base for something that doesn't even really matter right like like, right what are you doing well also marcus like i think to me the funny part is like the people who didn't notice which the mavericks i don't believe have had fans of the game absolutely how would they have known, right? Because they're not showing it on TV. Some local broadcast will show a snippet of it, but they're not showing it on TV. And so I think the funny thing to me is that it's happened for like two months and people are like, what? This is an outrage now. It's like, yeah, but we didn't know it was happening. It's like when Kaepernick was sitting for a couple of games before somebody asked him about kneeling, right? But that's that's yeah. that's the social media yeah. era though, isn't it? Where it's it's not the thing itself, it's how it's curated and then presented to you and then you react to it. Though so if they were doing this when there were twenty thousand people in the arena, I feel like it would you know, people would definitely notice and have a certain opinion. I just about don't it. know if we lo- we don't learn from the stuff. We don't we didn't we still haven't learned from what we did to Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Like it's not real. We're not growing because of it. We're not being able to say, okay, let's have this contextual conversation about it. Like, let's, that's not what's happening. It's all faux rage and it leads to nothing. It's a waste of time. It's, it's well, a time suck. And, and, and they ridiculous. didn't, and I don't think the NBA wanted that particular time suck right I before want the All Star game. I would them. Like, right, I don't want right, to talk about this. Yeah. Not, right. We were supposed to be happy Black History Month. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> How about everybody just play the Black National Anthem instead? How about that during February? Lift every voice and sing, everyone. On the count of three. One, two. I was like, like, do I know the words? The terror terror in Ethan's eyes. Lean lean on me. <laughs> Isn't lean on me the national anthem? I thought yeah. it was. I, 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 I do think. I do I do think whatever whatever decisions people want to make, uh, make them. But I, I do think sometimes from some of the people talking, there should be a little more. Like from Stan Van Gundy, and I like Van Gundy. I'm looking at this tweet, and he's saying 
the banning of the anthem should happen everywhere. If you think the anthem needs to be played before sporting events, then play it before every movie, concert, church service, and start of every workday at every business. What good reason is there to play the anthem before a game? And I'm reading that and I'm thinking – you know, I don't care if the anthem's played or not, but you're just talking to people like, hey, if you like it so much, then you should play it before all these things the public can't do right now. <laughs> it's just like, dude, this is not the way to relate to people on this. But that's not this. the point. It's the, the, his point is, why do we have to co-op sports for this space? Inertia. Like, this is my space. Yeah, I mean, it's like, my why, space. But it's like, why do we have extra points in football? You know, why do we have so many things we have? It's like we started doing it a while ago and we're used to doing it. And I feel that way about free throws sometimes, right? I think, dude, if we didn't have free throws in the NBA and you introduce the free throw as a concept, people would go, what? No way. Get out of here. This is the weirdest thing. Out. <laughs> You'd be yeah, oh yeah. You would you would not be happy with no. that. No, 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 no. Of course no. you can't you can't exactly put free throws into childcare, right? Like or into movies. Like it's a specific basketball thing. <laughs> you we're taking good. something that's not we're taking <laughs> yeah, something that's not basketball. Free throws. I'm in everybody shoots the ceremonial free throw with like, the red, yeah. white, and blue ball. So every yeah. the movie divide the movie up into ten minute settings and you don't get to see the next ten minutes unless you make the free throw. No, <laughs> I like, like, like a pop I like it like a pop five four two or two. I like to make two in a row. Two in a row to see the rest of the movie. Nah. Everybody has a ball on their seat. Um, there are countries like that. If, if people who've gone to Thailand know, uh, when I went to Thailand, you, you watch a movie and they do play the national anthem and uh, hail the king uh, before the movie comes on. So it is something that happens. LeBron? Uh, yeah, I just they love LeBron think, over there. I just it's don't think how there. I feel about it should dictate how everybody else should feel about it. I think we just do a lot of that. What? I, the anthem they let, is irritating. They, they let I, you on irritating. Twitter? I'm they, usually they probably you on Twitter with a take like that? <laughs> I'm yeah, usually, Marcus, I'm Marcus usually Marcus probably, you know, the Twitter. part about Anthem is like, you're usually doing something and then somebody around will be like, please stand and raise your caps. You're like, no, I need 30 more seconds I'm to finish this line. Like, or, oh, I got a burger in my mouth. It's like, it's always inconvenient. <laughs> that's, <laughs> hey, that's why the secret, I don't go out, I don't go out to the floor. Well, back when I went yeah. to games, I don't go out to the floor until the Anthem plays and then I'll walk out. Yeah, there. yeah. Because it's, it's, a so, it's a lot of standing. It's a lot of standing. American you are. Yeah, it's so uh, American. You should be crying. I'm a lazy man. I don't know what to tell you. Someone say that's the most American thing about me. (laughs) Absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode of POC. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Make sure you're checking out Marcus's work, Ethan's work, my work. Everybody's work at The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic NBA show. Uh, Give it a five-star review. Juice all those algorithms for us. And check out the restricted area on The Athletic's YouTube channel with myself and Wazzy Lambray this week. Betting odds for the NBA NBA MVP. Will it be Steph Curry? Will it be Jokic? We'll let you know. And uh, for Marcus, for Ethan, for Jade, I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic. Steph Curry MVP is Bitcoin, baby. Going up, up, up. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.